hello, hello, it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on WrestleBin Sports Kita YouTube channel, as well as Sports Kita Facebook for another edition of Smack Talk, reviewing WWE SmackDown, talking about the world of wrestling. I am with the legendary manager, wrestler, extraordinaire, the greatest mustache in the professional wrestling oh, business, and on YouTube, Dutch Mantel. Yeah, how's that mustache tonight? It's kicking tonight just a little bit. But Always immaculate, Dutch. Always immaculate. Yeah. So you ready to talk some wrestling? Ready to talk some wrestling. We're going to talk about WWE SmackDown from tonight. I'll give you the spark notes of what happened on AEW Rampage earlier tonight that came on at 6.30 p.m. due to the NBA playoffs. So I'll give you the spark port, uh, spark notes for that. But we're going to be talking about the big news of the week from AEW with AEW Collision being announced. More drama with CM Punk and AEW. So, of I course, sound sound off in the live chat. Yeah, it makes our job easier. So we oh, yeah. appreciate CM Punk for I mean, always causing work, drama. They do the work for you. You know, like sports writers, you know, and they're reporting on college football. and But they don't really have angles. Who You know who their bookers are, right? Are who? The sports, are the sports writers. The sports writers, they set the angles. They set the, the rivalries. They do all that. And all the football teams got to go out there and win or lose. But the sports writers in any sport, e even pro football, pro basketball, you know, oh, these two guys don't like each other. And, and if you say it enough and you get enough interest in it now, the crowd, when they see it, they've been hearing about it, they're ready for it. So that's what I like about pro football and pro baseball and basketball because the sports writers, they kind of, they, they kind of work their angles themselves and the players, all they got to do is look at each other. <clears throat> oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> they make the booking easier for us. Uh, being told in the live chat that they can, they can barely, barely hear you Dutch. Well, I don't know why. Hello. Hello. Yes, can yes. you hear me now? There you go. They want you to speak into the mic. Maybe you're too oh, far from the mic. I don't know. Maybe that's I don't know here. what's going on. I got it right here. I got it right here. <clears throat> See, I, I, I got to step up. I got a new mic for my birthday, Dutch. You didn't wish yeah. me happy birthday, Dutch. I'm holding that against you. I didn't know it was your birthday. Yeah. Really, you yeah um, you yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday was my birthday. I, I'm not supposed to tell you. How how would I how would I I I'm gonna know when it's your birthday. You know why? Because I look at my Facebook notifications. I don't have that. Oh, I see? don't have that. I don't have that newfangled stuff. Unless you, you it's tell the, it's me the cheat code. <laughs> Brother, I've been hitting the head a couple hundred thousand times. I can't remember now. Even if I get a notification, I say, Oh, it's so and so's birthday. Oh, whatever. <laughs> But I will do my I will do my duty. Happy birthday, Sid. Thank you. And, I appreciate and, it. And many more to come. Is that it? I, there you go. I, I that, said that's it. That's I all said you. it. Okay, let's go. Give me give me some scoops. And now, folks, I don't know. He's going to tell you something that I just learned. What three minutes ago? Yeah, before Sid we went. Now you sound all scat uh, statically. 
I don't know what's going on. You you might have touched the, the have, wire I now. I have no idea. I don't know. You want to start over? Maybe we're no, we're all come back in. We're off to a great I'm, start. Yeah, we are. Am I? Am I? Do I still sound? What do you say? Staticky. Yeah, you sound so static. I'll be back. Start the story. I'll be back. Well, while Dutch gets his uh, mic fixed and everything, uh, we should uh, tell everybody what we're going to be talking about here. And thank you, everyone, in the live chat, sending me the happy birthday wishes. You got Stephen Chambers in the chat saying happy birthday, SB3. Got Riju saying happy birthday, Sid. We got TW saying you didn't get a uh, Sid a cake, Dutch? Damn shame. Damn shame right there. Uh, we got Steve who says happy birthday, SP3. We got uh, Branda who says happy birthday, handsome. Thank you so much. So much. Appreciate it. But yes, we are here to discuss what's going on in the world of AEW to start the inks off before we get into SmackDown. So keep sounding off in the live chat. Of course, if you're feeling generous, you want to give back to what we do here at Sports Kita and Russell Bin Sports Kita YouTube channel, you can send a super chat donation, any dollar amount. We will make sure we highlight your comment on screen with us. And if you have a question for Dutch Mantel, that's best way to get it answered as dutch mantel is back with us so how do i sound now way better way all right there you go so who told told us in the live chat that my mic sounded funny who was it oh man you're you're gonna go after it was lisa lisa don't do that to Uh, lisa uh, no we're gonna send her some money there you go i'm gonna tell sports to send her five bucks there you go. And, and then you, she could send and, it and back. It, and if you get it, Lisa, uh, you can just send it to me and Sid. <laughs> exactly. Send it send it back to the Super this, Chat. We got this scam going here. So uh, continue. <laughs> it's a pyramid scheme. Uh, but, yes, we're going to talk about the AEW news. On Wednesday, they had the Warner Brothers Discovery up front with the announcement that AEW Collision is coming to TNT as on Saturday nights from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. AEW will have their second two-hour show during the week. Uh, that's going to be kind of their their new their version of SmackDown. It's a two-hour show to kind of be comparable to Dynamite. Uh, all the rumors leading up to it were saying that with the with this debut of the show coming up on June 17th, it would also mark the return of CM Punk with plans for that June 17th debut episode of AEW Collision uh, to be called The Second Coming with CM Punk's return to AEW. But Wednesday came, we got the press release, we got the poster, and there was no CM Punk. There was no CM Punk on the poster, no CM Punk on the press release. Everybody was asking the questions, what's going on? What does this mean? And then the report started filing out. Uh, Fightful Select put out a report stating that CM Punk had been removed from the uh, graphic due to a disagreement that he had with Tony Khan after his meeting with Chris Jericho to kind of... uh, put everybody on the same page. Chris Jericho suggested that uh, Ace Steel 
CM Punk's best friend, his former trainer, the guy that was involved in the backstage brawl with the elite who threw a chair at the Young Bucks, Nick Jackson, and also bit Kenny Omega during the brawl, allegedly. Uh, he had been fired from AEW after the backstage brawl. Punk was under the understanding that he would be brought back to TV tapings uh, with him when he returned for AEW Collision. But then Tony Khan basically pulled that from the negotiations, said that wasn't going to happen, that A Steel could work with AEW, but he could not be at the TV tapings. Then we got a report from House of Wrestling, Nick Hausman, who reported that uh, A Steel had actually been rehired by AEW months Ooh. ago. But he had really? been working. He had been working remotely, not at the actual TV tapings, but remotely with AEW. But Punk was under the understanding that he would be brought back to the TV tapings. But apparently, AEW disagreed. And on Tuesday, the day before AEW Collision was announced, uh, AEW had Warner Brothers Discovery pull CM Punk from the graphic, pull CM Punk from the press release, and now there is basically kind of up in the air. The House of Wrestling said that Punk and Khan are in communication. They are on sound footing as far as their communication. And Tony Khan, when he made the announcement for AEW Collision on Dynamite this week, he said he would announce the debut location for the debut episode next week. So they pretty much have a week to get everybody on the same page but it's more cm punk drama in aew what do you think about the aew collision announcement and then all of this kind of back and forth with oh, cm punk dutch I, I like it one thing you can say tony khan he gets that aew name out there yes he he gets some talking so is punk back or not do we know we, we are know. We are under the understanding that he is still with the company. We just don't know if he's coming back, where their whole communication is right the, now. I thought he was the booker for it. He was going to be the star of the show, and he wasn't even involved in the press release. The press release had <laughs> Miro, Samoa Joe, Thunder Rosa, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, those guys were on the uh, press release. Andrade uh, as well was on the press release as the stars of the show. And uh, you also had MJF and Orange Cassidy and FTR and the House of Black on the graphic, but no CM Punk. Wow. And see, this is the first time I've even heard this, and I've been reading stuff all week. How long has this been out? This this whole thing kind of came out on Wednesday after the announcement was made. And even Warner Brothers Discovery commented on the whole CM Punk news saying that Punk wasn't affiliated with the, the, the AEW Collision show. And then we got a report in Wrestling Observer Newsletter earlier today that Warner Brothers Discovery basically regretted even commenting on everything because they are under the understanding that it will get worked out. I bet they did when they count all those, you know, view counts. Oh, we only got like 10 million views on this. Well, we're sorry. We're sorry we reported that, but but hey, it is what it is. So I, I don't know, but it, it does get them a lot of publicity. I'm going to say that Punk will be there. I will say that, but he is trying to, I guess, get his buddy back. And this is what I've said time and time and time again. Tony Khan needs to be a boss. He needs to say, guys, it's either this way or, 
or, or, or take the hike. Just get on out and leave me alone. That's, and unless he's willing to do that or hire somebody to do it for him, then you're going to get, it's the inmates still running the asylum. But yet, they publicize this. They get publicity, and it kind of works, but it kind of makes Tony look like weak as a leader. It really does. And I don't know how much pull or sway that the Bucks and Omega have, but apparently it's enough to get to derail Punk, even temporarily. It's it's enough to do that, which I don't I don't I I don't know. We we're gonna have to see. I don't know have enough facts about it. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I do like the fact that they are going live on Saturday night. But and it has its pluses, and it has its minuses. <clears throat> I mean, you got to take it when they offer it to you, but that's going into college football season, yeah. and that could kick their butt. Big time, because when you're going up against the the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Bulldogs and Clemson and Texas and Ohio State and I mean those teams like that, that can really cut into a into a viewing audience. And if you just got one TV in the living room and a bunch of people wanting to watch college football game and one kid said, no, I want to watch wrestling. Shut the hell up. They're going to kick him out of the room and they're going to watch a football game. But that only lasts to, to January. But but it's going to happen at, at the front end of, of the contract. So we'll have to wait and see. Because, you know, wrestling has a, a, a storied past on Saturday afternoon. It started WTBS. Uh, Channel 17 years. You remember that years and years ago at 6.05? Yep. A lot of people don't remember that. But that started the, the nationwide uh, exposure to wrestling to all over the country and the same company. <clears throat> I remember used to going into TBS Saturday morning to do the TV taping, and we had actually two companies because it was one company and they – had a misunderstanding, so they pulled apart. So both companies, Ted gave both companies a shot at it because he loved wrestling, and he gave uh, one company they could they could tape at three o'clock, uh, eleven o'clock in the morning, and I think we could tape at three. And I remember sometimes they'd be going their mornings, and when they would be leaving, we'd be coming in. We'd run into their talent, and Ted was always in the he was always in the studio. Very nice guy. We'd come in and he'd say, hey, thanks, guys. What are you doing? Need anything? Very, very friendly. And he has come out and says, and he's a huge wrestling fan. If it hadn't have been for wrestling in the early days of uh, TBS, Channel 17, he said, I don't know how we'd have paid our bills. So he owes a lot. He owes, owes a lot to wrestling. And uh, I hope Tony can make this work. I, I wish them all the luck in the world. But again, uh, again, we can always find all kind of reasons why something won't work. That's what I used to tell guys. I'd, I'd, I'd present an angle or something. Well, this and this. I said, I don't want to hear why it won't work. I want to hear why it will work. So get off the negative, get on the positive, and let's get on that, uh, let's get on that path. And that usually worked. 
And it's not just college football they got to deal with. WWE holds their shows on Saturdays, yeah, so they'll be going against them. Uh, when it's not WWE pay-per-views, UFC pretty much has their pay-per-views on Sunday, and they have their ESPN cards that are they're going to go against. So it's some stiff competition. So I don't know what in their analytics as far as Warner Brothers Discovery made them say, okay, there's an audience for wrestling on this time slot. But it is mm -hmm. very interesting, and it's going to be an interesting story ongoing, what their ratings do. Predict their first week. If they have Punk, I'm going to say a solid – I'm going to I'm gonna give it the dynamite numbers that they've been getting against the uh, NBA playoffs over the last two weeks. I would say between 800 and 850,000 viewers. And what rating would that be, under a one – that's that's under a one million, but I I think I think that's that's kind of the the safe bet that I think they can get on that first week, especially with Punk coming back, and because they have they're gonna deal with competition regardless. Because um, I don't know if the NBA playoffs will be over by then by June seventeenth. I think it might be, but they 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 have other stuff that they're gonna be going up against on a Saturday. So I'll say anywhere between eight hundred to nine hundred thousand. You know, they're going up against the Dairy Queen two-for-one specials that night, too. So, That's tough. So that could hurt them. And the <laughs> McDonald's Chicken McNuggets specials. You got you got to watch that. I, so, I predict about the same. I will say, <clears throat> first show, I think they might hit close to a million. That's what I'm saying. Especially with punk. with punk. If they have punk coming back and coming in for this show, it's going to be a benefit to them. And, you know, I'm, I don't go back as far as like the, the 70s, 80s as being a wrestling fan, but I do remember like my earliest years as a wrestling fan. Saturdays was the day for wrestling. I remember mm -hmm. in the early 90s where, you know, me, I went to my grandmother's house and my grandmother would have on WWF superstars and that would come on at like 11, 12 in the, you know, 11 in the morning 12 in the afternoon and we would watch that and then my then my grandmother at 605 would turn on tbs he was the one that taught me that there was more than one wrestling show going on because she used to watch wwf in the morning and afternoon and then 605 p.m she would turn on tbs and wcw saturday night would be on so there is probably an audience that misses having that saturday kind of programming weekly for professional wrestling so i wanted to actually we kind of gone over the negative with all the competition that they're going to have on Saturday. What do you think is the biggest positive for AEW having AEW collision on Saturday at this primetime spot? Well, I think after football season, they're in primetime on Saturday night. You can't ask for really, well, I guess you could, but maybe a weeknight might be better, but it's, it's nationwide. Everybody can get it. And if they get their advertising out there and work a story like WWE has worked this storyline story, if they can work a story and interest the people, I think they may have something. Now, when is the Wembley show in England? August 27th. Okay. And how many tickets have they sold? Uh, 62,000 paid. And then overall, it was like 65,000 at this point. Mm-hmm. And how many will it seat? Uh, right now, I think they're seated for about 80,000. 
-hmm. 80,000 because of the staging and everything. A sellout at Wembley is considered 90,000, but you got to consider like staging and everything for the show. So it's going to be like 80,000. Well, they may get there (laughs) if they're at that spot right now. And I, I think England for WWE has always been hot. I mean, hot, yeah. hot. Even for TNA, when I went over there for TNA, we'd go to some of those arenas just packed, sold out, which actually surprised me. <clears throat> but, and England is, is a great market. Europe is a great yeah. market. So I, I enjoyed my times over there. People really, really friendly, and they really enjoyed wrestling. And that's why what I'm enjoying about this is that uh, things are looking good for AEW, and they're looking good for WWE. They they really are. Yeah. Hey, did yeah, you, this did, is. Did you did you see the bump that Jungle Boy took off that ring I, apron? I, I saw I saw your 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 tweet about it went viral. Oh. Uh, <laughs> People just, well, they didn't rip me up, but they kind of <laughs> agreed with me. I, I saw it was kind of split. It was kind of yeah, split was, of people that, that agreed with it. Than, you know, some people said, oh, shut up, old man, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but Jungle Boy, that's one way to end your career. Ask, ask Mick Foley. Mick Foley, he even said somewhere in that maze of tweets that I had, they quoted him saying if he had to do it over again, he cut a lot of those spots down. And to see the deal is Jungle Boy's not that big. I mean, guys like Foley, and Foley even said this, he said, I had a layer of fat protecting the rest of my body and my spine and my hips. But Jungle Boy doesn't have that. And it only takes one time. The fans will remember it 10 minutes. Jungle Boy... If he gets hurt, he'll remember it the rest of his life. Who's the guy that took the big bump off the ladder? Dante Martin? Was that his well, name? Well, Dante, the, where he broke his leg, it was Dante Martin, yeah. Oh, God. And he'll remember that the rest of his life. So, guys, you couldn't pay me. I mean, if you threw me off the ring like that, you would have to throw me off. Because I ain't going voluntarily. <laughs> I'd be grabbing ropes and legs and, you know, the, the mats and the referee and everything. But And it, and it was a wicked-looking bump he took, too. Yeah. I, I, I'm under the understanding that I think most of these guys, any bump you take nowadays, it could be the end of your, your career. But I do understand where you're, where you're coming from, from your experience. Yeah, but see, any bump, in the ring, you're kind of okay, but concrete doesn't work with you, buddy. Well, I mean, they, they got the mats. I mean, the mats is thin, but was still no, mat. Were they mats out there? Yeah, it was on the mat. But it's still, it's Outside. like this. And he's coming from a distance. So anyway, we uh, will one see final qu- what we will see. One final question in regards to this story that we're starting off with. As far as CM Punk, do you think CM Punk is worth all this drama? And do you think that for Tony (laughs) Khan or CM Punk, should Ace Steel be a deal breaker? Well, for me, he wouldn't be, but I'm not not his friend. If CM Punk, if he is such a friend and stood up for him, 
Yeah, he's kind of loyal to his friend, which I respect. I do respect that. But I think they'll get it worked out. I, I really do. But if they get it worked out, if he goes with if, if Tony Khan, if he goes and agrees with CM Punk and hires a steel back, well, that's going to piss off the, the brothers. That may piss off Omega. Now you got from this side, you got it going from Punk over here now to the brothers. So it, it's a situation that they don't need to have. And Tony, I'll go back and say that he, he needs to start being a boss. See, boss are Vince. When Vince said something, that was it. I mean, there was no use arguing about it. There was no use debating it. It was done. The agents or nobody else would even talk to you about it because Vince laid the law down. He was the, he was the boss. But now I see an AEW, now these different avenues guys can go to to kind of work their way in. And that's a very nefarious system because now you got guys working against each other and it, it sows disrespect. And I've heard it was a pretty solid locker room to like the last six months, eight months, and then it kind of fell apart. That's just what I'm hearing. I don't know. This is true. This is true. But we'll probably be talking more about this as the weeks go on. So let's get into WWE SmackDown from earlier tonight uh, as my SmackDown. Favorite, my favorite show. Your favorite show, yeah, Duds. Next to cartoons. <laughs> next to cartoons and it started off with one of your favorite people the undisputed wwe universal champion roman reigns came out to start the show alongside solo sokoa and the wise man paul Heyman. they were here for their face-to-face -face showdown with the undisputed wwe tag team mm -hmm. champions Sami Zayn and kevin owens uh i did like this opening segment uh you had you know the it. uh the two tag teams that will be going at it at night of champions for the undisputed WWE tag team championships. Uh, Roman basically says that it was perfect uh, because he was going to bring Owens and Zayn out after he was acknowledged by the fans. Uh, Reigns demands of oh, Zayn and Owens acknowledge him. And after that Reigns said that they could uh, drop off their titles and see their way out. <laughs> Owens wants nothing to do that with was, this. That he was a great line. <laughs> <laughs> he wants nothing to do with this. He throws his mic down. He wants to fight right now. Uh, Sammy has to stop Kevin and uh, Roman has to stop Solo from getting into it. And Rain settles the situation down and turns his attention to Sammy Zayn. And he says that he only had one regret throughout his career, and that was wasting his life on Sammy Zayn. Zayn responds by saying he only the only regret that he has is that he didn't blast Roman Reigns with that chair sooner. Zane says that Reigns' greed has led them to this moment, and Zane says that Reigns has received everything he's wanted in life, but at Night of Champions, he isn't going to get the tag team titles, even though that's what Reigns wants. He says that Reigns is just isn't as good as Zane and Owens, and he's even not as good as the Usos, which really, you could tell, got underneath Roman Reigns' skin. But before he can like say his response, Jimmy and Jay Uso so come out through the crowd. They attack Zane and Owens on the outside on the floor. That was a, that was a great visual too. 
Yeah. Because Sammy didn't see it at first, but uh, Kevin did, and Kevin was moving. So that actually that looked pretty real. It looked it looked like they caught him off guard. It was a nice how they how they shot that, and then the Usos are happy. They're celebrating, but Roman Reigns is not. He stops the celebration. He says this is his ring. He had a plan, and he throws a fit. But before he leaves, he turns around in anger, and he accidentally bumps into mm-hmm. Solo Sokoa, and he basically even he's like, all right. Relax. Like he didn't even want to upset Solo, and then he walks to the back. And then when we come back from break, the Usos are were pleading their case with Reigns in his locker room, and Reigns asks him why they ran random stuff out there. He says he's the point guard. He's the reason why they have stayed on top, and not just been on top, but stayed on top. And Reigns screams that he had something to say to Zayn for that man wasting his time, but he wasn't able to say it because the Usos interfered and he kicks the Usos out from his room. So overall, before we get into like the main event and the rest of the segments with the bloodline, what did you think about this opening segment uh, with the promo and then the, the post with uh, in the locker room with the bloodline? See, they're telling so many stories within the story. You got to watch Heyman and you got to watch Solo because they're yeah. all looking back and forth. And, and that makes your mind saying, okay, now you're putting different scenarios in place. This could happen. This could happen. This could happen. Better watch this guy. And I really like that the way they're telling the story. They're telling a story without saying any words. They just throw it, telling a story through imagery. And so, and then when you start thinking, uh, a lot of things could happen. And this is wide, wide open. I think here to have a great pay-per-view audience when they go to Saudi Arabia because I think a lot of people want to see this match. <clears throat> see, last week we had a we had a surprise, not where the Usos weren't going against Sammy and uh, Kevin. It was going to be Roman and Solo. That caught everybody. That caught me off guard. Yeah. Now all they got to do is change one dynamic and the whole vision of it changes. And it changes in a good way. Because this, they've been running this for a year almost, correct? And well, more than a year. Of, this this started three years ago, really. The whole bloodline story. Well, but now the interest is at a high level. And they're keeping it there. So I really, I'd have to give this first segment a nine and a half. I don't think they could have made it any better. I really don't. I, I I enjoyed this. This this was uh, ever since Roman Reigns has came back, the bloodline story actually feels interesting again. I will say the only downside to all of this is that nothing else on the show really mattered outside of it. But I I got to give it up for the ability to make this story interesting again after we went through, you know, four or five weeks where it was dying down. It's now getting back up. It, it doesn't feel like it's at the same level it was going into WrestleMania, yep. but it's getting back up to that yeah. level again. But see, sometimes you only need that one hot angle to carry everybody else. Yeah. Now... The beauty to that is when you have people watching that bloodline angle, now they're going to watch this other stuff. They're going to see the girls. 
They're going to see this. They're going to see that. So now, once you got eyeballs on the product, very easy to get uh, interest on on other angles between guys. So they're still, I think, and I agree with you. They they don't have the interest that they had before WrestleMania, but now it's building again. Remember my old saying: you got 51 more weeks in the year to get this going, and. They're following my form. They're following my my blueprint. No, I didn't write and, it. And when business is thriving, you could take your time with these things. I know there was a lot of people who's been down and thought that Cody Rhodes should have won, but the reason why they kept the title on Roman Reigns, why this story is going, is because WWE business-wise, they're, they're, it's, it's, it hasn't affected them at all. Like Blacklash did big numbers. They're doing consistent numbers in the ratings. So it did not matter that they didn't give the fans what they wanted that night. Well, they didn't give it all away. Yeah, they don't have to start over. Now, see, they didn't start over with Roman Reigns, and uh, I mean, with the with the bloodline and against Sammy and Kevin, they started over there. See how it dropped that interest because the good guys won. That's what they come to see. They want to see their favorites win. But Roman didn't really go down that much because he kept his title. Now, yeah. one thing, they're going to Saudi Arabia. What is the title they're going for? I mean... Uh, the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Titles. No, no, no. The, the single match. I don't mean to get off this. That's what I get I get confused about. It's AJ Styles versus Seth. For we'll the get, uh, World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. That confuses me. Continue. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, so to continue on with the bloodline before the main event, which was the Usos versus LWO, we had backstage the Usos getting ready when Paul Heyman came up to them. He said that Roman Reigns forgave them. He's great. <laughs> He's always he was, around he corners was, and shit. He was great in the locker room while Roman is yelling. He's like... <laughs> He's like all scared and flinching in the back. And now he goes up to the Usos. He says, Roman, he was like, I fixed it. He was like, Roman forgave you. He says the, uh, the Usos asked Heyman if Roman's going to be out there to support them during the match. And Heyman says that Reigns wouldn't be out there because he's preparing for the matchup at Night of Champions. He says that the Usos are only facing the LWO, so it should be an easy win. And he says he doesn't want that to be a prediction. He wants that to be a spoiler, so make sure that you get the job done. The Usos say yeet, and, and Heyman grabs his phone as they walk away. And then that leads into the main event matchup, which I thought was a worthy main event. There was a lot of like really good action, fun action that really got the crowd into it. And it was once again, the story being told is the Usos disappointing Roman Reigns because their attack from earlier tonight that wasn't Roman Reigns' plan came back to haunt them as they seem like they were about to put the LWO away. They're going for the double Uso splash when Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens come out. Owens distracts the referee. Zayn pushes Jimmy off the top rope. This leads to Rey Mysterio hitting the 619 on him and then uh, Santos Escobar hitting a splash off the top rope and hell might have frozen over Dutch. The LWO got a win on TV and a, and a, a great win because it's 
over the Usos. I thought like this, this was a really good, definitely the match of the night, LWO and the Usos just worked really well with t- together. I like the combination of Santos and Ray playing, uh, playing off of each other very well. And Zane and Owens costing the Usos protects them, but it pisses off Roman Reigns and we see him uh, disappointed. He even stops Solo Sokoa, who looks like he's about to go out there and destroy people. He tells him to stop, sit there, and that's how we end the show. So what did you think about the main event and what went down with the bloodline at the end of the night? I thought it, <clears throat> that bloodline angle all through was very good. And their loss tonight doesn't detract from them at all. Yeah. Because it was camouflaged with uh, Sammy and Kevin coming in, and they get a win. They needed a win, and, and they got it. Uh, they did a lot of great false finishes. I mean, those were really, really well done. So, and I don't know who puts those matches together. I think they do. I mean, they. Sh- I mean, I don't think an agent could put all those matches together. I mean, they know what they can do. So, and I, I thought it was good. Very, very, very good. And at the end, uh, they had uh, Roman sitting there and. What was he saying? My sound was messed up. What was he saying? No, it wasn't your sound messed up. It was their sound because it was completely inaudible. You Mm -hmm. could not hear what he said over like the crowd noise, over Michael Cole talking on commentary. I hope that they, when they like upload it to their social media, you can hear it better because it was not properly sound at all. Well, maybe he wasn't supposed to, he he just got to be, he could just be rambling. Yeah, because I think it was really important they would have, they would have saw that, or they would have seen they have a problem before they go out there. But it advances the whole story. Nothing really changes. Now they just got another stepping stone and uh, telling the story, and a very good one tonight. Yeah, this was very well done. Uh, LWO getting a win. Thank you, WWE. I've been asking for that for weeks on this show. So I appreciate them getting the win here. And it's a good win over uh, the Usos. Maybe we could see more of that because that was a really good matchup. So I would love to see them run that back again. But that wasn't the only tag team action we had on the show, Dutch. To open the show, we had Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince, and Kit Wilson making their debut on the main roster against Butch and Ridge Holland of the Brawling Brutes. I thought this match was just kind of fine. I don't think the Pretty Deadly connected with the crowd. I think these guys have a lot of charisma, but this wasn't the crowd for them to get over with. I didn't think they really connected very well with them. (laughs) The match was fine. I thought Butch and Ridge Holland were really good in this matchup, especially Butch when he was on offense. And uh, the Pretty Deadly got the win with spilt milk as the referee was distracted with uh, Ridge Holland and they hit it on Butch for the victory. And uh, Kit Williams, uh, Kit Wilson was kind of tied up in the ropes and had to act like he was still tied up in the ropes after hitting spilt milk on Butch. Well, that was a good move. Hey, my jury is out on this team. What is it? Pretty deadly. Yeah. My jury's it's it's out on those guys because uh, I think they could be too cute for their own good. Did they get over an NXT? Yeah, they did. They did. 
They got over. They got over in NXT. They got over in NXT UK. They actually hit their finisher on Rich Holland, not Butch. But yeah, I I just don't think they they connected very well with this crowd. I think they're more of a team that's gonna it's gonna take some time for them to actually get over with the crowds on the main roster. We could always team them up with maximum male models. They could. They I, could I don't know. I don't know. They, they would be they dead in the water. Together. Huh? <laughs> They would be dead in the water. Any the, anybody who's associated with maximum male models, they're just <laughs> dead in the water. To the yeah, I agree with you. This match lacks something. I think the people, the fans, are trying. They want to dislike this team. They want to get with it. But I think, like I said, they're a little too cute for their good right now. And they, I mean, they're not really big guys. They're they're kind of tall, aren't they? Yeah. And but they don't have they don't have the big bodies and all this so, and they really don't look like wrestlers to tell you the truth. <laughs> and one of them one of them was a male model for a, a woman's magazine. They said, is that what they said? Yeah, they said he was like the spokesperson for a uh, dating app. They said that during the com- on commentary. So he is the the mascot for a dating app. Yeah, apparently uh, so. That made me quit okay. dating if I saw. <laughs> if I was dating, I'd quit. I'd, I'd quit right then. But anyway, but okay, the jury in my jury, it's out on de- deadly, pretty deadly, pretty damn, <laughs> pretty dead, pretty unemployed before long. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong for that. Um, next, we had a nice little, a beautiful actual video package, a tribute video to superstar Billy Graham, who passed away earlier this week. Dutch, I want to give you an opportunity. Any words for superstar Billy Graham and what's your like greatest memories of one of the kind of the iconic names of the early days in professional wrestling? I think I met uh, Billy. I was in... Uh... I think I was in Florida, and I think he came in for a short run, maybe two months, maybe, because he probably had two months off. And I remember riding with him one night to Savannah, which is a long way from Atlanta. It's about a four-hour trip. And I just sat in the back, and I picked up knowledge from listening to him. Nice guy. I think Ivan Koloff was with us. And him and Ivan were talking about going back to Vince. They say Vince, but Vince Sr. And doing this angle between themselves. And and the way they talked about hell, I kind of got excited about it just hearing about it. And uh, But I read up on Billy, and I wasn't a close friend. And he that was the only time I ever met him was when I was in Florida. It was the only time. But I did some reading up on him. And uh, I think he was, I forgot where he was from, but he started in Arizona, I think. Went to L.A., then to Minneapolis. Then I think he went to uh, WWF. And he is the instigator of the, you know, he took a little bit of the Muhammad Ali, yeah. uh, the interview, and, of course, he influenced Hulk and Austin Idol and all those big, and Jesse Ventura, and all those big muscle guys, he he kind of was a model for them, and he drew a lot of money. 
Could he work? No, he couldn't work. You know what drew money? It was, it was the character. The yeah. character was bigger than life. So he really didn't have to wrestle. He would just go in there and bang people around, and especially after he beat Bruno. I don't think, I don't know how many people are under, uh, uh, really know how over Bruno Sammartino was in the New York City and surrounding area. He was like a god. And I've never even, and I've met him one time because he was out of my territory. He was out of my region. I, I never met him, met him personally one time, but at a signing. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I've had guys tell me when Bruno was in, um, Kevin Sullivan, Kevin, Kevin Sullivan told me, he says, like in Boston and New York and Philadelphia and Baltimore and those big towns, he says, when Bruno was on the card, it'd be a sellout. And he told me, he says, you can't, the, the electricity is so strong, you can feel it. He said, very electric crowds. And he got to talking one day and hell, I got excited. I wasn't even there. But he says, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to feel it. Now I felt it, uh, an electric crowd like that when I was in Puerto Rico. So that's what he was talking about. But Bruno was over, and when Billy Graham beat Bruno, you know, that stamped him right there. So he ended up, what, what year did he go into Hall of Fame? Uh, I think it was pretty, pretty. He's one of like the, one of the early uh, Hall of Fames that he went into. I'll double check right here for you. Uh, but yeah, this is superstar Billy Graham. He's just so influential. Like when you think about all the great wrestlers that he inspired and his character work, you know, the muscles, the blonde hair, and, you know, to be someone who kind of influenced someone like Hulk Hogan, who's so kind of integral to uh, professional wrestling history. I, I think that uh, people can't even really fathom how important B uh, Billy Graham is to professional wrestling in general. Oh, well, he is, he's truly a superstar. So he lives yeah. up to his name and it's very sad that, that he passed away. He was how, how much, 79. Yes, he was 79, and he went into the class of 2004, the class of 2004. I was going to say 2002. No, yeah. really, I was going to say 2004 because I'm, I'm an historian, you know. <laughs> I know all these dates and stuff. Hell, I don't even know what date it is. To... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm very sorry. My condolences to the family, my condolences to his wife, and my condolences to all the superstar Billy Graham fans out there. Yeah, 100%. Yes, our condolences to Billy Graham's family. Also, condolences and rest in peace to, uh, you know, football player, legendary football player Jim Brown also passed away yeah. this week. So, uh, you know, send our condolences to the family of Jim Brown, family of Billy Graham as well. But let's can get I, back. Can I say one thing about Jim Brown? Good. I'm a huge fan of Jim Brown. So I'm watching him. And I was a, kind of a kid when he played. You could, so, so you can imagine how long ago this was. He never looked like he was running. He looked like, I mean, he's, he's, I guess he's tall. He got that long stride. But he never looked like he was going fast, but he was. And when guys would hit him, it'd take more than one guy to bring him down. And a very, very impressive, impressive guy. I always liked him. 
Absolutely, absolutely there. So sad week as far as football and bas- and uh, wrestling fans uh, when it comes to those two passings. But we're here to kind of bring your spirits up and we'll talk more about SmackDown here. As uh, next on SmackDown, you had Asuka going one-on-one with Selena Vega. I was I was looking listening closely, Dutch, to the fans. And those fans were cheering Asuka. Like she didn't even turn heel last week. And I'm sorry. This was one of the more ridiculous things I've heard commentary said, and I know they said that that Oscar was the one that said it, but the uh, <laughs> experimental uh, mist, the spicy yeah. pepper, spicy uh, chili pepper mist. I was like, that is one of the most ridiculous things they, I've heard. She changed them say. her recipe for uh, Bianca. Wait a minute, like the old stuff she had wasn't good enough. So I'm going to go there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it. But let me say one thing. I'm not a big Selena Vega fan. I am. But her wrestling left a lot to be desired. But tonight, tonight, her and Asuka, they had a hell of a match. They really I thought it was it. solid. No, I thought it was very, very good. And they are building on her reception in Puerto Rico. Yeah, because I think that really did move uh, Zelina. I think it did it, it emotionally. It moved her. She was crying real tears in the ring. Yeah. So, and and one thing about Puerto Rican fans, I know it's gone now, but if you're Puerto Rican and you are a, a success anywhere else, they love you to death. Look at Bad Bunny, he's a yeah. hero there. She's a hero there. Savio Vega. A hero there. So, Carlito, same thing. Yeah, oh yeah they're, they're all heroes, and they love those guys. They love them. So they're very loyal, very loyal fans. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, she did. She was well here. I thought it was a solid matchup. Oscar uh, gets the win in about six minutes with the new Oscar lock. After the match, Bianca Belair comes out after Oscar keeps on the submission after the bell, and she runs out to uh, make Oscar break the hold. She gets out of the ring. She grabs at Oscar when she's out of the ring, and Oscar looks like she's about to spray her with the miss once again, but Bianca avoids it from hitting her eyes. It's a little bit on her face, but I guess that didn't burn as much as in the eyes. No, 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 because yeah, she probably put on this lotion. <laughs> Back in the it's so room. stupid. Oh, it's just so true. stupid. It's so uh, stupid. They they, you know, they could have done about- a million other things to turn Oscar heel. It just doesn't. Oh man, this was not a good week too, in my opinion, for the well, Oscar turn. Oscar. She smiles too much. She has a nice smile. So it's hard to dislike someone who smiles. And that's like saying, hey, I'm smiling at you. You know, I want you to hate me. How can you do that? I mean, you're going against natural instinct. If you see somebody and they're snarling at you or it's kind of easy to dislike them. But Oscar, she's a good looking girl. And she's smiling, and so there's really nothing to, nothing to dislike. And in Puerto Rico, she was a she was a babyface. Well, no, that was that was Eo Sky. 
that that's what that's another reason that's another reason why all of this doesn't make sense because Bianca got that response where the fans really turned on her and cheered for EO Sky. So she's not I wouldn't say she's the strongest baby face at that point. You would have to do more to establish her as a strong baby face for this Asuka turn to work effectively. You can't make that the first segment after Bianca got booed in Puerto Rico. She's not the the best he, the best baby face to make an Oscar turn stick, and that's why the fans are still cheering Oscar. Well, I'm glad you straightened that out for me. Hey, I didn't even know I, I had them confused. So, <laughs> but anyway, we'll just skip past that. Like, yeah, I, I knew it. I knew it the whole time. Anyway, you, like, you knew. You knew. You were just. You got yeah, them. You got them all. You full. You swerved them. About. I bet the guy's gonna say, "What the hell is Dutch on? It's, he needs he needs to get off those drugs." Uh, <laughs> Next, we had the Grayson Waller effect. Dutch, uh, this was Grayson Waller's kind of first debut in front of the fans uh, since coming up from NXT, and he got the big introduction. He acknowledges his past and history with AJ Styles. He calls he brings AJ Styles out, and he calls him a first ballot Hall of Famer, and then asks Styles what winning the World Heavyweight Championship would mean to him. Yeah. Styles recalls the fact that he's came off a recent injury which put him on the shelf longer than he's ever been in his career. And he's been training harder than ever for his comeback. Styles says he wants the world heavyweight championship more than air to breathe. And Styles talks about uh, Seth Rollins being on a movie set. Seth Rollins recently got photographed on the Captain America New World Order set that's going to be dropping next year. And Waller uh, predicts that Seth Rollins will win the world heavyweight championship and uh, AJ Styles stands up and they just stare down with each other to end the segment. I was just very much confused by all of this. Like, I understand if they didn't want to uh, have AJ beat up Grayson Waller on his main debut on the main roster, but just for AJ to kind of just stand there after Grayson Waller kind of insulted him and said he was going to lose. I don't think that really put over AJ Styles as a strong contender to win that night of champions. Well, I don't think AJ's winning it now. I I, I didn't think he was winning from from jump, but this did not help it. Yeah, no, I think this kind of clarifies that he'll be winning it and Seth won't. Now, since Waller and AJ have had this dialogue, now he has somewhere to go. So I don't know if this was the best way to introduce Waller. I think they're speeding it up. Now, I kind of feel that I, I, I believe that WWE is putting too much into people watching a, uh, NXT. And I don't know how many people are watching them, like 600,000, 500,000. But I think they're actually kind of thinking that everybody knows these guys already. But they don't. They're going to have to start from zero. And they're going to have to go up in this system and see where they go. But this didn't do a lot for me either. It, other, but I'm, I'm glad they didn't start fighting at the end of it. Because that's kind yeah. of useless. I, that would be kind of useless in my opinion. 
Yeah, and we should also bring up what Stephen Chambers is saying here. Later on in the night, we would see Karrion Cross, uh, who had a terror card saying that he wants to give out justice, and justice will be served to Allen. And it was a terror card that had AJ Styles on it, and that sets up a match for next week. I'm just sorry. You have him feuding. You had him in a segment with an NXT call up where he didn't, you know, get any, you know, he didn't fight him or anything. And that NXT call up got the final word against your world heavyweight championship contender. And then you had Karrion Cross, who's just coming off a loss to Shinsuke Nakamura in his last feud. And now he, he's calling him out. They have kind of defined AJ Styles down and kind of confirmed to me he's not winning at Night of Champions. So you don't think he'll beat Seth? I don't think he has a chance. Really? I don't I don't think they did any I didn't think they did him any favors. I coming into this show I didn't think he had a chance to beat Seth Rollins. Now I think he has a negative 50% chance. I thought it was 0%. Now it's at negative 50. After this show, negative 50. <laughs> well, damn. I was kind of going the other way. I no, thought because Seth is doing the movie. And I mean, well, be, Seth, it, well, Seth is Seth is on the show that has the world title. That's the first thing. The second thing is that AJ Styles set up two programs with SmackDown guys on this show. So he's not going anywhere because if he wins, he has to go to Raw. And they've done they done more to establish that he has multiple things going on on hey, SmackDown. Can, so hey, just write me out of that. I, I can't <laughs> decide. I swear to God, I think the World War Two, you know, the the codes they send each other is easier. The Japanese codes were easier to define or decipher than this stuff I, I saw tonight. So just count me out. <laughs> I don't know. So, but. <laughs> They're not going to telegraph it because you don't know you don't know what to telegraph. I'm confused. I really am, and I'm confused they, about the world title. Don't we have two already? Yes, we do. And this is a third. Another one. We're going to have another. This is a third one. one. Yeah, they have a third one now. <laughs> what is it? A participation trophy now? Yep. Have yep. we got to that point? Oh, I was there and I I wrestled and. I call it the "You Can't Beat Roman" title. Well, he is over, so. <laughs> is what it is. Uh, next, we had an interesting tag team matchup as the Street Profits went against L.A. Knight and his hand-picked tag team partner, Rick Boogs. I felt like I missed a segment from last week because this should have been set up by something on television last week. But uh, L.A. Knight says that he's going after the tag team title so he can win a tag team match with just about anyone. So he picks Rick Boogs here. Uh, the crowd, you know, responded to L.A. Knight and, you know, responded to his promo, even responded to him doing the L.A. Knight and they screamed, yeah. But, you know, Rick Boogs was kind of like the spotlighted of the two of them, his strength and everything. But in the end, he loses after the Street Profits hit the sky high and then the frog splash for the victory. And then after the match, Rick Boogs um, is, is helped up by L.A. Knight and he drops him with BFT to show that he's still a heel so what did you think about all of this it only went four minutes but it seems to establish la night versus rick boogs isn't that uh, well i think boogs will do do the honors for a couple of weeks 
they may are they in Saudi Arabia or no? Uh, they're in Saudi Arabia on Saturday. This next week's SmackDown is taped tonight. Well, Boogs, I never was a big fan of his anyway. <laughs> I think LA Knight has a, about a 100% bigger upside than Rick Boogs could ever hope to have. And But I didn't really enjoy the segment. It was there. Eh, but like not there, it, it, it didn't mean anything to me. So I think that, I think uh, L.A. Knight will have to use this to springboard from it, and I think Boogs will do the honors for him for the next week or two, and we'll go from there. And then see where we are. They had a quick segment with uh, Cameron Grimes. He was interviewed by Megan Morant. He talks about his victory last week, and he's like, he's cutting the all shucks. Yeah, I got the win in six seconds, and I'm going straight to the top. Well, of course, no, I'm going straight to the moon. What is that? That's his catchphrase, but it just seems so corny because he's not 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 playing the same character that got that catchphrase over. Yeah. Corny, it wasn't that good. Now, that'd be an improvement if it was just corny. That was that was terrible. It, it really was. Now, the guy can do better than that. I got to put this on the writer, whoever wrote this crap. But I don't know why Cameron didn't say, man, you think my, we might need to put something to this or something. Because it needed something, and she just looked at him, and he looked at her, and I thought somebody was going to come in. I thought Corbin might come Corbin. in. Corbin, yeah. But nothing. He would. It was flatter than a pancake when he left. I was embarrassed for him, really. <laughs> <laughs> I would be, too. I swear that to God, was awful. I was Cameron, I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, that's what they wrote down for me. That's what I said. I'm gone and out. <laughs> And they, they, I was like, they put him over so well last week, and then they had him talk with this all shucks character. I don't think that's good. Gonna, I don't think that's going to get it. No, I it's don't. not. They you need to I, fix that. You know what I call that? Regional racism. That's what I call it because the southern people are supposed to be dumb and stupid, oh shucks, this, that, and the other. But, and southern people, rightfully so. They take offense at that. Yeah. And I don't blame them. But it is what it is. Maybe maybe they can get it over. Maybe they can't. I don't know. This is another one. Now, last week, I was, you know, I was on the Cameron train. This week, I'm back down to about midway. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But this, we had is, a, a, this is a writer's issue. Not, not, they, he just did what they... They want him to do so yeah i don't know why they're having him play this character when he has so much charisma it just doesn't make too and much he, sense he's very good in the ring too yeah very good uh next they had a quick squash match as alba fire and isla dawn defeated valentina Feroz and ulysses leon uh they hit their nice little finisher which is like a gory bomb mixed with the uh downward spiral it was impressive 
Aladon and Albafire got the win, but it really, uh, you know, segued into an announcement by Michael Cole. Uh, last week, Liv Morgan was injured in the Women's Tag Team Championship matchup, and it was announced that she will be out for a considerable amount of time. So Liv and Raquel Rodriguez have relinquished the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, and then there will now be a fatal four-way. Okay, this is the point where I was just like... Mm. What the hell are we doing? Because this fatal four-way will be on the May 29th edition of Monday Night Raw Dutch. And it's going to be Raquel Rodriguez and a mystery partner versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. That's fine. Versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. That's fine. But on Monday Night Raw, we're going to have SmackDown's Damage Control, Bailey and EO Sky. They literally have totally killed this brand split dead in record amount of time. We had SmackDown guys going for the World Heavyweight Championship. We got the SmackDown Women's Champion on Monday Night Raw. We got the Raw Women's Champion on Friday Night SmackDown. And now we have a SmackDown team going for the Women's Tag Team titles on Monday Night Raw. It makes no freaking sense don't they shouldn't have done the draft we've been saying this for weeks why did they do the draft if they're just gonna ruin it in record amount of time you need to you need to take your pill and calm down (sighs) so stupid it's so stupid (laughs) but guess what you just gotta work you just gotta go through like an eight minute match and then that'll be all behind you see that's the good point Okay, who do you want to win the fatal four way? Uh, Rhonda, Rhonda and Sheena. No. Who? I'm. I want Sonya Deville. And uh, what's your uh, Chelsea Green? Green. Uh, yeah. I want them to win. I think That's they're fair. a great team. They got personality. Chelsea Green's hilarious, and that's what they need. They need a crazy woman, and she fits the role. You ever met her? No, I haven't met Chelsea. Oh, she's a great girl. I had her in TNA. She's a great girl. And uh, and she don't mind doing it. You know, she was only, she wasn't even a wrestling fan, I don't think, growing up. She saw it, kind of liked it in college, wanted to try it. And I think she just, she like had a year, and I think she trained for six months and got into it. She's a great athlete, too. But I think Chelsea Green and uh, DeVille, they would do well with it. My opinion. Yeah. And Safet, it's not about the women's tag team titles being defended on both shows. It's about the team that was drafted to SmackDown should not be on Monday Night Raw. It doesn't matter if it's for the women's tag team titles or not. Let them win the tag team titles first. Then they can be on both shows. But don't draft them to one show and then put them on the other show within two weeks. It's been two weeks since, since the draft. What are we doing? Wait a second. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> and I'm going to write Vince a letter. Vince, you stupid. Esso- then I, I'll list the reasons. And then I'll give him I'll give him your number so he can call you. There you go. There you go. What, what That's what I'm I here for. Do, what if I did do that and he called you? What would you say? I would, I would, I would, I would answer the phone call. I would answer the call. What if he, um, said he wanted you to come be on creative? What would you do? I would, I would be on the creative. I, I think they need me. 
They need me to just be like, this is hey, dumb. Need, Let's yeah, find something else. We need everybody do. listening to all uh, text or, you know, send an email message to WWE. And we all need to promote Sid here. For I'm here. I'm here yes, for it. You're there. I'll, I'll be, I'll be and, there. I'll be there. Help, and you could help them. I'm, 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 on, I'm on your boat, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the the stamp of approval from Dutch Mantel. <laughs> um, following this, uh, Raquel cut a promo where she said that um, she's you know disappointed that uh, Liv is hurt and she can't replace her, but she has to come up with a partner. And then she's interrupted by Bailey and Eo Sky. Bailey informs us that Dakota Kai was also injured in last week's matchup, but she says next week she's her and Eo are challenging Raquel to find a partner and face them next week on the show so we will find out who raquel's partner in the fatal four-way will be next week they were a lot of looks between bailey and what's the girl's name and eo eo was just yeah, like why why are you putting me in a match yeah, yeah. why are you putting me in a match so we'll see they're, they're slow the burning you that talked about this said the more i'm hating this show I kind of liked it. Then I got to listen to you. And now I said, well, this show sucks, kind of. No, 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 no. I will say, I will say, there was stuff about this show I really liked. The bloodline stuff. Most of, mostly the bloodline stuff. The bloodline, it, it, it's like you said, rising tide lifts all ships. Uh, but you then you had... Did I say uh, that? Austin. Yes. I, I did say, I remember saying, I remember writing it one time. A rising tide <laughs> lifts all ships. I did, I did say that. Thank you. <laughs> We got Austin Theory. He comes out and he's talking. He says, everyone knows who he is. He says that last week he was ganged up on by Bobby Lashley and Sheamus. He says uh, uh, Lashley has a weird obsession with him, but he didn't understand why Sheamus had a problem with him. Theory says that he has things in common with Sheamus, like the fact that they both beat John Cena. And naturally, this brings out Sheamus. He comes out. He looks like he's about to grab a microphone, but he instantly hits the bro kick on theory and he drops the mic and i was like okay this is great this is a great united states uh title program and then they announced that the united states championship matchup is happening next week i was like you you didn't want to build to this maybe a little bit <laughs> just a little well that did it <laughs> You've analyzed it so thoroughly. I'm just... I hate this friggin' show. I kind of started out kind of saying, you know, the, the first one I give a 9.5. Hell, this show down now is below four. <laughs> All right. I'm, now, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously said I'm depressed. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I wish Rick was here to cheer me up or something. I need I need a Bud Light or something. Just give me something. I think we always need Rick because he's a little bit more positive than me. I If I if something doesn't make sense to me, I, I will. I, well, I started off positive, and I, I got to listen more. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What the hell? Uh, 
Let's wrap this thing up before I shoot myself. Well, we got a super chat donation from Rollin Curtis. Thank you so much, Rollin. We always appreciate the support and how much you always support us here on Smack Talk. He says, when Roman began missing weekly shows, it was compared to Hogan's schedule. And But I disagreed. Roman is even less visible. Now there are talks of Roman missing even more time. Will this hurt the WWE? Well, I don't know if it's I don't think it's going to hurt the WWE, especially with the fact that Roman is scheduled for the next couple of big shows after Night of Champions. He's currently scheduled for Money in the Bank in London. He's currently scheduled for uh, the SummerSlam show. So that that's the three big shows that are coming up. As long as he's there for that, if he misses a couple of weeks in between, it won't really matter as long as he's here for the major shows. I agree. Hey, he was missing, and they did great. See, because now instead of you run the, uh, you 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 kind of hurt yourself when he's on every show, and not doing anything. Tonight he did something. He advanced the storyline. So when he's there, something moves. So yeah. you would train viewers that when Roman's there, something's going to happen. But if he's there every show. He's almost like a, a part of the woodwork, and you get used to him. But I like the I like what they've been doing, with Roman. Now, see, that was positive. See there. Yes. See, see I, I was cheered. I was positive. I was positive I, too. I've, I've cheered myself up just a little bit, not much, <laughs> but I, I'm trying. Uh, oh. Yeah. I would just real quickly run down the major notes from tonight's uh, rampage. Uh, only things you got to matter is that Rampage was actually watchable this week because they actually accomplished some stuff as far as for double or nothing. They uh, booked uh, Taya Valkyrie will face Jade Cargo for the TBS championship at double or nothing. This came after Jade Cargo got two back-to-back victories in the TBS championship open challenge. And then her third challenger was about to come out and then Taya Valkyrie returned and she finally hit the road to Valhalla on Jade. And then, uh, basically challenged her for the TBS championship. You had a really good opener with the Blackpool Combat Club beating Best Amigos, Bandito, and the Best Friends uh, in a really good trios matchup to open the show, them getting momentum heading into Anarchy in the arena. They also set up Chris Jericho going one-on-one with Adam Cole for the, in an unsanctioned match at Double or Nothing. Chris Jericho was pissed off with Adam Cole costing in the match on Dynamite and made the challenge. Let me ask you something. Yeah. What was that thing I think they did last week with Cole and Jericho out in the courtyard? Yeah, basically that was on Dynamite this week where it was a false count anywhere matchup between Roger Strong and Chris Jericho. If there was anything from Dynamite you would like, Dutch, it would be that because it was very reminiscent to, I don't know if you remember Chris Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan back in WCW in like 1996 where they were fighting through the corridor and all the fans were behind them, but they fought to the outside because the stipulation was that Adam Cole was banned from the building. So Roger Strong led him outside of the building where Adam Cole was waiting and he attacked Chris Jericho, which led to Roger Strong getting the win. Oh, very smart. See, I, <laughs> I like that. 
And then Adam Cole was outside during Rampage and Chris Jericho challenged him to the unsanctioned match at Double or Nothing. And he ripped up the agreement that said that Cole was banned from the building. So Cole came in, they got into a pull apart brawl, but, you know, building up hype for their unsanctioned match coming up at Double or Nothing. You also had the Hardys and Isaiah Cassidy. They challenged the Guns and Ethan Page to a six man tag at Double or Nothing. This led to Ethan Page and the Guns attacking Hardys and Brother Zay, and they actually pilmanized Brother Zay's neck. They put his head in a chair and they stomped down on the chair. So we don't know who the Hardys are going to team with now at Double or Nothing. So that was a pretty cool spot. And then the main event uh, saw Dustin Rhodes beat Bishop Khan. Uh, Dustin got busted open because he crashed into a camera on the outside uh it was in texas so it was good to have dustin in the main event and he got he got the win with the final reckoning and then after the match the mogul embassy jumped dustin Rhodes. keith lee came out for the save but the numbers got the better of him brian cage hit a big f5 on keith lee which looked amazing because keith lee is huge and then uh swerve hit the swerve stomp on Keith Lee while he was sitting in a steel chair. So still building up that rivalry between Swerve and Keith Lee. But overall, really good rampage today. Good. See? See? Perfect. Put it up in a bow. That was like yeah, three minutes. That's all you needed. Oh, I'm, I feel good now. I feel a lot. <laughs> see, see, it's very easy to get me out of a bad mood. You give me some good news? No, I kind of liked it. So. Alrighty. Oh, so Dutch, please let the people know where they can follow you on social media, what you got going on, story time with Dutch Mantel, and everything else you got going on. Uh, story time on uh, with Dutch Mantel on YouTube. Story time with, with Dutch or with Dutch Mantel. I've done 52 episodes so far. I don't think I've see those episodes slip up on you. I didn't think I'd done a year, but I have. And if anybody wants to talk about wrestling or old time wrestling or how it used to be or where it's going you know they can send me questions and i answer them you can follow me on twitter at dirty d mantel with two l's and that's where i cuss people out and i send them to block mountain all the time <clears throat> my block mountain is like a metropolitan area now i got like ten thousand, ten thousand people living there that i blocked them all to the mountain and on instagram i think it's dirty dutchman one i really need to make a concerted effort to get those all under one name but i'm just too damn lazy so if you can find me you got me and if you can find me i usually talk to you well, Dutch, we appreciate you here on Smack and one Talk. More thing, always. If you want to send me an email, dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at Gmail. There you go. There you go. That's everything you need to follow. Dutch Mantel's got you guys. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at True Hill SP3. I'll be live over on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel tomorrow at 11.05 a.m. Eastern time with the True Hill Heat Flash It podcast. It will be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and our special guest from the PW Torch, Zach Haydorn, as well as from Fightful, Scott Edwards, and from Love Wrestling, we got Pluggo joining us as well. So talking about different things in wrestling, including the CM Punk, AEW, A Steel drama. We'll be going more in depth about that tomorrow live on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So join us for that. But thank you to Dutch. 
Thank you to all of y'all joining us in the chat. This has been Smack Talk on WrestleBinge Sports Kita. We will see you next Friday. Woo, the people. The people. <laughs>